everybody and welcome to another episode of the pod cast this is your favorite podcast about new metal i'm john and with me is a man who always lets the good times roll it's brian quinby what's up brian? all right i do let the good times roll you do i notice you stop the like doing people's voices when it yeah. became boring to do yeah you know? and i like, just think i wasn't good it? enough i feel like there's like there's like a couple new metal singers where i could get into sort of something that sounded like their voice and then the rest of the time it was mostly just yelling so it was sort of like that's the thing with like the band we're doing this month it wasn't like the only thing that's sort of distinctive is that he kind of like yells a lot so like what am i gonna do you know i could just yell but then it's like the podcast starts and i'm just yelling at people so yeah you know it, something like that yeah Maybe? exactly yeah I'm hello sure. everybody hello everybody like it'd be like something like that you know yeah very just great. uh very staccato yelling that's kind of the whole it's kind of the whole thing anyway this month we are reviewing power man 5000s when the stars revolt we'll get to that i also Come want to on. say John. what tonight what? the stars revolt didn't i say that no you said when the stars revolt now everybody's mad at you already oh, we started off on the wrong foot tonight dan edit that out all right edit that out dan we sure. are of course covering the power man 5000 album tonight the stars revolt and uh we're gonna get to that eventually but uh first bry i first i want to say also normally when i introduce you I say, and with me is a man who, and I make some sort of reference to either a lyric or a song title on this album, uh, on the album we're doing. And it's usually like somewhat derogatory or like jokey, where I'm kind of like making fun of you. But I thought that this month I would be nice and I would just say you're a man who likes to let the good times roll because uh, this is officially our two year anniversary episode. Oh, we should kiss. That would be. <laughs> Hey, if we if were we in person, kiss, I would kiss. I would kiss you. Yeah. If we could kiss right now, that would be. That would be huge. very nice. It would be. People would love it for sure. I mean, I will say when we did first meet, when when Blocked Party opened for Street Fight uh, a few years back. Pardon me. When we first met, I went in for a hug and I feel like you didn't you didn't want that. You would have rather had a handshake than a hug. I think no, I don't mind hugging. I'm just okay. weird. Like I, nothing I do is fucking normal is all. It doesn't have anything to do with like uh, uh, being uncomfortable with it. I'm just right, an right. abnormal human being that everything people think is weird that I do. Right. Okay. That's fair. No, it wasn't like it, it, it didn't. I wouldn't say like uh, I'm not I wasn't going to say that it felt like you're uncomfortable with me or that you're like uncomfortable hugging another man or something like that. I just think it was like you just didn't seem like you prefer hugging in general. Like, and I know people like that. They're just like, ah, I don't care if I hug. Yeah. I don't care either way. Really. I'm, I'm, I'm of both minds, I guess. Okay. Is, uh, uh, where I'm at with it. So, okay. Well, I respect yeah. that. So we're here. 
This is our two year anniversary. And so I wanted to ask you before we get into the album and all that kind of stuff, how do you feel about the POD cast two years into the show? What are, what, what's uh, where are you at with new metal? Where are you at with the show? You know, how you, how, how, how are you feeling about everything? Cause I, I'll say, I'll start it out. I will say that like, I feel like when we started the show, it was this kind of like gimmicky thing. Like you came on blocked party and you, you and I just ended up talking about new metal for like 20 minutes on blocked party. And I was like, wow, this is a guy who knows as much about new metal. Well, you know, probably know more about new metal than I do. And I was like, it would be kind of fun to start a show. I had this name in mind. I had workshopped this name like years earlier with uh, Kevy, a local musician here from Vancouver. I was like, this is a stupid and funny name for a new metal podcast. And I pitched it to you. And I think when we started, it was kind of like a gimmicky thing of like, oh, it's just like two guys looking back on new metal, you know. But now I feel like in 2021, you know, we we're like, this is almost like kind of a serious thing now where new metal itself is being like taken more seriously. And I feel like people listen to this pod and, and they interact with it in like kind of a serious way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I guess I would say my feeling is that it is like actually, I guess opposite that in a way that it's, it's fun. <laughs> Like, I, I feel like it's fun. Oh, I'm know? not. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not fun at well, all. I mean, I feel like this in comparison to other things that I do is I feel like I get to goof off more here. Like, it's okay. a more goof offable show. I mean, I guess, you know, I goof off a lot on, on Street Fight, too, but not not to something that's like a little less intense, you know, and like. I would say that it's weird. Some months I I'm excited to listen, but other months not excited <laughs> to listen. And uh, today was a tough one for me, actually, to to listen to even listen to the first listen through of this album, of which I did two, because. Uh, Two is low for you. You usually do like four or five, I would say, right? Well, you know, you know what happened? Um, I do it all in one day because that's just the kind of guy I am. Because if I don't, I will forget everything I listen to. Sure. So I just do it all day up. We, you know, we record pretty late for me. So I can just I can just rock out during the day a few times and then listen to it. But like I was like really excited about wrestling so i listened to wrestling podcasts all day <laughs> and it was that's like fair. oh now i gotta not have wrestling on yeah i understand well i mean <laughs> sometimes it's tough man well we'll get into that we'll we'll get into this album because i have some questions for you specifically pertaining to this album when we get there but i'm not saying like i do think this podcast is very fun to do i love it i mean i think it's like we've both said before, this is sort of the podcast that I get asked about more as far as like guesting on. Like, I think I think part of it is like people feel like blocked party is like this thing that they can't ask to be on or something, um, which is good. It means I've correctly cultivated uh, that vibe because I don't want people to message me to be on it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. But it's like 
it does feel in a way where the, you know, new metal connects with people in such a way where if you grew up with it or whatever, you know, people want to be on this show. They want to be talking about new metal, which I think is like cool. And I feel like very lucky that you and I get to talk about it and that people care and that they listen to it. I just meant more uh, from like, I think when we start, I, I like what I was trying to get at is not that I feel like it's serious for me or for you. I feel like our show is very jokey. And I think that that's what makes the show what it is, is that you and I both love new metal, but we also understand that it's like inherently very stupid and funny. But I just mean that, like, I think the discourse around new metal has changed where when we first started the show, everyone was on our wavelength of like, oh, yeah, new metal's kind of stupid and kind of, you know, whatever. It's just fun to like look back at it. But now I feel like, as I said, I think with like new metal sort of re-entered the discourse in kind of a way that you sort of predicted. You were sort of saying that you felt like new metal was going to come back into the mainstream discourse. And I feel like since it's done that, people are now listening to our show with a more serious lens of of like they want to point out things we get wrong or opinions that they disagree with or whatever like it feels like the discourse has somehow become more serious even though you and i are still kind of treating it with this sort of you know funny lens or whatever yeah well well don't take it hey don't take us too seriously <laughs> all right everybody we're just a couple goofy clowns just That's right. goofing around no i mean you know i love doing this this is this is one of the highlights of my month. Uh, this and and the bonus content is always very fun. Always have guests on that are uh, uh, really into talking about it. Uh, and yeah, it is neat to see people getting back into new metal and treating it kind of seriously. And uh, uh, it's also very fun, you know. Yeah, it's, it's it's a good genre of music to goof around about and. Uh, that's all you can ask for really when you're doing a comedy podcast about a kind of music. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. I'm not really listening to too many like uh jazz comedy podcasts. They're not really, they're not so much out there. Maybe that should be our next venture. We do a jazz, you and I do a one. jazz show. Yeah. We got to launch a, a jazzy show. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's cool. I, I also think that, uh, you know, I'm surprised at how many people listen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm too. always and like the type of people like you and I get, you know, we get retweeted and quote tweeted by people. And I'm always just like so surprised at how many people have really like gravitated to the show. It's very cool. It's it's very sweet and, and fun and awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I'm always surprised that this many people want to hear us talk about some of the worst music that's ever been made. <laughs> oh yeah oh for sure yeah it is cool it is cool when you see somebody that's like why are you listening to this there's a lot of that with me sometimes when somebody hits us and says like hey i love this show i'm always like well why are you listening to it like, what is <laughs> yeah what goes on in your life <laughs> <laughs> especially when i'm like pretty sure they don't listen to new metal but they're just like you know what I feel like I'm getting enough of it from this. Like, I think that that's very fun to me. You know, that is something, though, that I do identify with. That, like, I am a guy that really, really, really likes to watch, like, and maybe it's just because of what I did in college, you know? But documentaries about shit that, like, uh, uh, 
documentaries about shit that I would never be involved with. Like a, like a fucking documentary about fucking crossword puzzles where you're like, oh, that's fascinating. These people are really into crossword puzzles. Yeah. You know? Like, I love that kind of shit. I don't know why, but, like, I'm just really interested in subcultures and stuff like that. So I totally get why somebody would, like, listening to this show about this, like, highly specific thing that happened 20 years ago and, like, be into it, especially because me and you have experience with it. You know, yeah. not as musicians, but as people who were like there when it was happening. Yeah, uh, I yeah, understand. For sure. I just uh, uh, I listen to I don't think I have any podcasts going now that I listen to that are about things that I wouldn't care about. But if there was a jazz podcast that was funny, I would listen to a jazz podcast. that was funny. Now, I also don't hate jazz. Oh, me neither. Enough. Me neither. I'm not saying I hate it. I just think it. It feels like it would be a funny, a weird thing to have a comedy jazz podcast. It yeah, probably I'm, exists, but I'll listen to some jazz every now and then. Just like so, for sure, really, me too. I'm feeling jazzy, and I'm just like, you know what, man? A lot during the winter, jazz works. Yeah, a lot better than during the summer, where it's like, I ain't trying to get jazzy right now. It's it's warm outside. Yeah, you're right. It, there's no tempo. like a jazz song has never been the song of the summer. That's for sure. Well, <laughs> so, in 1920, probably yeah, well, they were like, yeah. "Fuck, I'm going nuts to this fucking, you know, 15 minute." Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Glenn Miller probably had the song of the summer like 10 summers in a row back in the back in the 30s. But yeah, no, that that's flipped out. I always think about like old music. You know, like I always think about how like. There was a time where people flipped their fucking wigs to he's the boogie woogie bugle boy from company three. <laughs> or oh, like, yeah. Or that, 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 that be, like, people got like fucking turnt to that music. Like yeah. they got turned up. They're like, I'm going to the dance. I'm going to get lit and I am going to sock hop to this shit. Yeah. Or people would fucking. People, kids would get in trouble for listening to Yakety Yak, Don't Talk Back, you know? <laughs> yeah. They're telling you not to listen to your friggin' parents. What the heck? I don't like it. I don't like it. So. Yeah, that's true. I love that. I love the idea of, of like, I, I love to think about that stuff where it's like, uh, I want to hold your hand was like an offensive song. To yeah. Yeah. Oh, what are, what are you? Are you a, are you a common whore? You want to hold a man's hand? <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 You're yeah, right. I, love I feel it. like I love we it. were, we were sort of lucky in that. I feel like, cause yeah, I started listening when I started listening to music, I sort of went like uh, pop punk and then new metal but I feel like that had enough roots or enough commonality. Like my dad listened to just like classic rock, you know, like Led Zeppelin and Aerosmith and bands like that. You know, that that's that was his wheelhouse. So I feel like even if he didn't like new metal, like I'm sure. Well, I'm positive he doesn't like new metal, but, you know, he was already listening to like songs about sex, songs that had swearing you know, whatever, like um, he didn't like new metal, but he could probably at least sort of wrap his head around it a little bit. Whereas like the leap from our grandparents generation to our parents generation must have been 
like genuinely shocking that like in yeah. the time they like they were teenagers like you said listening to like like they were listening to that and then by the time their kids were teenagers they were listening to like I've been cruising for that fucking day. and they like rock and roll got invented and got heavy in like the time that their kids grew up like that had to be a genuine like earth shattering like holy shit what's happening right now kind of thing I would love to know like what kind of music my dad likes. I think that's cute that you know what kind of music. Oh, you didn't likes. like you didn't grow up with your dad like putting music on in the cars or whatever. No, I know four things that he likes. <laughs> and uh, what are the I four things? All of them right now. Yeah. Pink Floyd. Okay. Uh, specifically, the album called Pulse. It was a live double album, and it's the okay. only tape he had in his car for several years. That's unreal. Uh, uh, that generation's ability, that generation's ability <laughs> to listen to the same music over and over again. Like I, I shit you not when, when CD burners like first became a thing, my dad w- couldn't believe it. First of all, his mind was like fucking blown that he was like, Oh my God, I could just make my own compilations. Like, yeah, I made him one compilation. And then I remember he came to me, sometime later and he was like yeah i think i'm like sort of sick of the songs i have now so could you make me like another cd and it was like 18 months later like for like 18 months he just had the same 15 songs on in his car every day unbelievable anyway yeah. continue so i think another thing he liked is elton john goodbye mm-hmm. yellow brick road mm-hmm. love that just well, that's cool. Him. I mean, that's cool. Any of Sammy Hagar's <laughs> tunes. Okay. Like, yeah. I'm talking, he likes Chicken Foot. He likes Solo Hagar. He told me he saw Sammy Hagar open for the Guess Who, and it was the most mind-blowing concert <laughs> he's ever seen. And he's like, if you ever get the chance to see fucking Sammy Hagar, man, you got to get out there and see <laughs> Sammy Hagar. He is the shit. I mean, the and Guess then, Who rock, so that's cool. And then the only other thing I know that he has said that he loves is Bette Midler, which is whoa, very odd. That very is odd. odd thing. Yeah. That is he, odd. He told I one year he fucking him. He took me and my wife, him, him and my stepmom took me and Katie out to dinner. And the whole and and we went to dinner at a place that was like twenty five minutes away because my parents are fucking twisted when it comes <laughs> to like what they eat. They'll drive like twenty five thirty minutes instead of driving the uh, fifteen that it takes to get downtown where all the good food is. They look for good food in a place that's nowhere near downtown. Sure, don't know are why. They, are they part? Are they like anti parking people? That's usually yeah. the thing. It's like, I don't want to parallel park or like, I don't want to try to find parking. So I'm going to a restaurant that has a parking lot. I, I'm yeah, not they interested. Don't like, they don't like dealing with parking, but you know what? That's bullshit because it's oh, not it, I hard agree. To it's not Ridiculous. hard to park. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, and the whole way to my birthday party, he just kept telling me and my wife, he's like, you know, I know it's probably not your cup of tea, but if you ever get the chance to get out and see Bette Midler, I mean, <laughs> she is so talented and her show is so body. I think you would really like it, Brian. And I was like, 
okay. You know, I, I don't have the heart to tell him, like, I will never consider seeing Bette Midler in concert. <laughs> see, I would see Bette Midler. I would see Bette Midler for free. I wouldn't pay to see Bette Midler, but if someone was like, hey, I got an extra ticket to Bette Midler, you want to go? I would be, I would go see Bette Midler for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That is like, that is like, I guess maybe, I don't know though. I would just tell my wife to like find one of her friends that might want to go. Right. I don't think my wife would want to go. Right. Really? It's yeah. a crazy thing to go see in concert. Uh, yeah, I think uh, my yeah. my my dad. Yeah, I, I would say like he just he had a lot of different music that he listened to in the car. He really liked um, Teenage Head, uh, which was like uh, like an Ontario like punk band uh, back when my dad was growing up. Uh, so that got played a lot. Um, the Edgar Winter Group. He was a big Edgar Winter Group guy. Oh, I mean, uh, I like that one song. Oh, I mean, they got they got a few really good songs. Yeah. And then what else? Oh, you, but that, for him, it was a lot of like one off. Like he liked David Bowie, but only like three songs. And then like he liked Judas Priest, but only like two songs. Like he wasn't a big album guy always, but yeah, and there was like a few 90s things. He really liked Alanis Morissette. When Jagged Little Pill came out, he was big and he was big on Jagged Little Pill, as was I. And I still am. It's a great album. But yeah, I, I, I definitely knew because my dad was just like a big music guy. So was my mom. My, like, I know the words to an awful lot of Celine Dion songs because of my mom. Like, I remember growing up, my mom would have in the tape deck some sort of Celine Dion thing or the dirty dancing soundtrack or the top gun soundtrack. Those were like big time go-tos for Mrs. Cullen. So a lot of hits yeah. on those. So a lot that, of hits, lot of hits, crazy number of hits. Dirty dancing has some jams on it though, that I yes. stay by the oh, way. Is stay is such a good a song. Goddamn song. And then you stay. Oh dude, dude. Just I love a that little song. bit longer. Oh man. Now, yeah. It's 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 awesome. I, I really like it. My mom also liked Dr. Hook. <laughs> did you did oh, you ever okay. get it? Yeah. She loved a, do, a little Dr. Hook. My parents Legend both like Oh no, that's Dr. John. <laughs> 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 they both liked uh Sticks was in there too. Yeah, like I, I you know, I would say I had like a pretty good musical upbringing as far as that stuff goes. I think my you know, my parents had some pretty good some pretty good taste overall. And I think like to go back to what we were saying earlier, one thing I think that is fun about our generation of music and specifically new metal is that there really hasn't been a genre that had just such a short window. Like really yeah. this music was only popular for like two and a half years, which is yeah. like crazy. Like that's never happened. I mean, people will talk about disco, but like, fuck that. Like disco, first of all, had like a five year run. And second of all, everything is disco. There's like, there's so much disco influence in pop music today. And it, even in the eighties, like new wave was heavily influenced by disco. Like it wasn't disco never like truly died. New metal fucking died. New metal got shot and buried in the ground. And like that, I think is also what makes this fun to me is that we've been doing this for two years between the bonus albums, the singles and this, you know, we've done probably 60 some odd episodes 
And it's all from this like three year window of time. Basically, you know, we've gone a little out of it on either side, but it's like basically 1998 to 2001 is like 85% of what we cover on the show, which is, I think, additionally fascinating uh, to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Like disco also much like new metal kicked ass. Yes, of course. That disco, like disco, disco rocks are are massive losers. I mean, even if you don't like actual disco, have you ever heard "I Was Made for Loving You" by Kiss? Because that song fucking bangs, man. Oh Ugh. yeah. I just like, I don't know. I mean, my, my dad was definitely the type of guy that would have like wore a disco sucks t-shirt when he was like 23 or whatever. So I never grew up with it, but like when you rediscover the, or like when you discover the Bee Gees in like your twenties and you're like, Oh my God, this is like, they're just the best. Are they the greatest band to ever exist? Like every Bee Gees song is just like a miracle. You're like, Oh my God, this is unbelievable. It's crazy. I got a I got a disco deep cut that I got way into that Brett turned me on to. It's yeah. by someone named Rupa, and it's called Oz Shani Bar. And okay. uh, whew, it's good. It you gotta just send it to me. Ass. I've A-A-J- never heard this. S-H-A-N-I-B-A-R. And the first time I heard it, I just listened to it every day for like a month and walked around going, Oh, Shani Bar. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's called the album is called Disco Jazz. Okay, so, so, know, so. <laughs> it really ties everything we've been talking about together. Right, right. <laughs> I did look up the uh, Dirty Dancing soundtrack, and uh, I got to tell you, dude, uh, I like all the old songs on it. So, you, I mean, it's a great soundtrack. I don't need it's a really eyes. Re- I mean, that's still a good song too, though. You could do without it, though. Hungry eyes. <laughs> I got. But fucking dude, you don't own me. Uh, in the still of the night by the five oh, satins. In the still uh, of the night is a great song. Love is strange by Mickey and Sylvia. Like those, be my baby by the Ron oh, That's like my be my baby. Music be my in- little baby. <laughs> you and I are just gonna sing the dirty world. dancing soundtrack. This is just the the episode. <laughs> I mean, that's really what ended up happening with me in a real roundabout way. Is that like I got into music that is very influenced by a lot of that stuff, especially yeah. like Love Is Strange and Stay, like. I ended up, you know, after new metal, after the kind of prog stuff, uh, uh, ended up getting and and after like a, a time where I was only listening to like trap music, I got really, really, really fucking into garage rock, the 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 two thousands garage rock revival, and right. uh, that is what that music sounds like, and to this day. I mean that those two minute, two and a half minute fucking pop songs, like, are my favorite shit in the whole entire world. Uh, it's crazy how much I love that shit. Um, so yeah, I don't yeah. know why I said that. I'm just <laughs> letting you know. Hey, it's, it's crazy good to know. how much I love the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. It's all hey man, me and you. But I'm gonna definitely 100% listen to the Dirty Dancing soundtrack tomorrow, and I'm gonna love every minute of it and uh speaking of things we are going to listen to or in this case we have listened to let's get to our album of the month it is power man 5000s tonight 
Whoa. The Stars Revolt. Let me stop you right there. Yeah. My album of the month is actually Prayers. Uh, it's called SD Kill Wave. And uh, that's my album of the month. This is just the album I had to listen to for work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the POD cast offices, this is the <laughs> album of the month. Okay. It's the we have a little plaque. We made it on the wall. We've got a very grainy picture of the album cover. We've posted it on the wall. Uh, Yes, we are reviewing tonight. The Stars Revolt by Power Man 5000. It was released on July 20th, 1999. It sold over one million copies and went platinum in the USA. And it actually had some very uh, it had some very impressive chart statistics. It peaked at number 29 on the Billboard 200. And when Worlds Collide uh, char- uh, topped out at number 16 on the mainstream rock tracks chart and Nobody's Real uh, topped out at number 18 on the mainstream rock tracks chart. So an impressive uh, debut or sorry, this is their second album, but an impressive major label chart performance uh by power man 5000 this song uh or sorry this album is also quite well known for featuring the song when worlds collide which is very famously on the tony hawks pro skater 2 soundtrack it's also on the soundtrack for twisted metal and it served as the theme song to wwe smackdown versus raw the video game for playstation 2 it was also on the little nicky soundtrack Free Air, Volume 2, and MTV, The Return of the Rock, and Nobody's Real was featured on the End of Days soundtrack, as well as the Gravity Games 2000 soundtrack. Uh, so they're a big uh, a big soundtracky band. Uh, they also had The Son of X-51 on the Bride of Chucky soundtrack. Supernova Goes Pop was on the Universal Soldier, The Return soundtrack, and the Gran Turismo 3 soundtrack. And Tonight the Stars Revolt, the title track, uh, was on the Blade 2 soundtrack. So, uh, you know, very soundtracky band, very soundtrack heavy band, Power Man 5000. They're still going. They released an album in 2020. Uh, but to date, this album, Tonight the Stars Revolt, is their most popular. Brian, before we get into our discussion of this album, what was your history with Power Man 5000 uh, at the time that this record came out? Did, did you have a history with them? Um, so, uh, fuck, I can't remember what year it came out. Maybe I should look that up. came out in 99, uh, July 20th, no, 99. I mean, my experience with them came a, a lot earlier. Sure. Yeah. They, they actually were, uh, formed in 1991. So yeah, their, I'm gonna... their first album, their first like big album was the blood splat rating system, which came out in 1995. And then mega Kung Fu radio came out in 1997. So, okay. Um, so basically, Power Man 5000 had a, um, a track on um, an OzFest CD for okay. the original OzFest. People don't know this, but before the actual OzFest, the first OzFest, uh, they did or before the first tour, they did just a one day Ozfest somewhere. I don't know where it was, okay. to be honest. Uh, but I'll they, find that out. They released an album called The Ozfest. Uh, and then it's just called The Ozfest Live, actually. 
It was and, held uh, in, sorry, Phoenix, Arizona and DeVore, California. So they okay. did two, two nights, uh, one in Arizona, one in California on uh, October 25th and 26th of 1996. Hell and the reason was too. because Sharon Osbourne tried to get Ozzy onto Lollapalooza and they said no. So she was like, fuck you. I'm going to make my own tour. Well, I mean, she ended up winning and she's most certain, most certainly won. Yeah. The uh, let's see here. The original OzFest 1996 lineup is Ozzy Slayer, Danzig, Biohazard, Sepultura, Fear Factory, Neurosis and Narcotic Gypsy on the main stage. And on the second stage, Earth Crisis, Power Man 5000, Coal Chamber, Cellophane and King Norris. Wait, is King? No, it's not. There's no way. King Norris uh, doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry, so I'm sure whatever you were thinking is <laughs> not. King Norris didn't last for long. <laughs> no, I am right. I am. I know who King Norris is. That's, that's uh, impressive. Uh, I certainly have never heard of King Norris. Uh, it is uh, Fred Norris from the Howard Stern show. His band. oh. King Norris. <laughs> so okay, now it makes absolutely perfect sense why you would know who King Norris is. <laughs> as soon as the Howard Stern show is involved, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Yes, I I thought it was him. So anyway, like I got that tape or that CD because I was so like, I was like, I can't believe it, man. Cold Chamber was there. I think that was really what it was. Was Cold Chamber was there? Sure. Um. And I'm I'm trying to think. There might have been another band I wanted I liked there, but I didn't hear one. So uh it would have had to have been on the strength of Cold Chamber. So anyway, uh I bought this CD and I don't know why I bought it. Uh uh, I'd have to look at the track list on it. But one of the songs that I listened to over and over again on it was organized by um Power Man 5000. Like I thought it was a really fucking cool song. Um, yeah, this is, uh, the track list for Ozfest live is coal chamber, loco cellophane, ride thy cellophane, ride thy neighbor earth crisis, broken foundation, power man, 5,000 organized neurosis, locust star fear factory, replica biohazard, these eyes, sepultura attitude, slayer, angel of death, Aussie Perry Mason. Okay, so it seems like I bought this so I could listen to Cold Chamber and a a live version of a song that I like. (laughs) (laughs) Something, whatever else the other thing is, right? So I I listened to that. I I listened to Organized over and over and over again and really dug it, really found it to be like a really good song. And then uh, dropped power man 5000 all together after that never listened to him again saw him live a few times on on different Ozfest or on different package tours but like that one song i really liked and then when this album came out it was such a departure from that song organized right that like i was like i don't like i like this isn't what i even liked about this band so I, I I never gave this album a chance. Gotcha. So so then. this was like so the blood splat rating system came out in 1995 on Conscience Records, and then they signed with DreamWorks and they re-released it as Mega Kung Fu Radio in 1997, 
with a with a different uh it looks like they swapped the order of the songs and they added two extra songs to it but it's essentially the same album so that is sort of why tonight the stars revolt counts as their second album uh because essentially they just released the same album two times in a row which i do kind of love that that used to happen in the record industry that you know, if something wasn't on a major label, you almost certainly never heard of it. And so they were just able to be like, okay, well, we'll just re-release the thing you already did and make sure that people hear it. Yeah. So like, and, and organized, here's the thing. Organized is a very, it's a song that has like a very, um, heavy punk or funk influence okay it's like very funky and has a little bit of uh uh uh, rapping but not even really rapping it's kind of more like a guy doing like spoken word poetry in a weird way i guess Mm -hmm. or some kind of poetry i don't know anything about poetry um but uh i i fucking really i really dug that song and this album has no funk in it at all and it doesn't have any of those things that i enjoyed by that band so that that's that's like my experience with them is an an experience of being let down (laughs) (laughs) that's fair i mean i think yeah for me i had sort of a similar um experience where um I am obviously, well, I say obviously, if people know me or follow me online, I'm a huge fan of the Tony Hawk video game series. Uh, You know, I've, I have world record speed times. Well, I don't hold the world record, but I'm in the top 10 for a bunch of speed runs on the new game. And I've been playing it basically since the first one came out. I love it. Um, It's like my favorite video game of all time. And of course, when worlds collide is on Tony Hawk pro skater two. And the funny part about that is I owned Nintendo. I was always a Nintendo guy. So I had Nintendo 64, which is where I played Tony Hawk's pro skater two. And it was cartridge. It was a cartridge system. So the songs, they couldn't fit songs on a cartridge, like famously cartridges don't hold a lot of data. So there was only six songs on the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 soundtrack for N64. For the PS2 version, I think there's like, uh, you know, 18 or 20 songs or whatever it is. But for the N64 version, there's only six songs and uh, they didn't have the full song on it. So you only got the first verse and the chorus of When Worlds Collide and that's it. And uh, I loved it. I thought it was like, great. You know, obviously by the time you played it five times, you're like, okay, well, I've heard 30 seconds of these six songs a hundred times. I will now just be listening to my own music. But I do remember like thinking that chorus was really cool. I thought it was like a good song, but it never occurred to me to like listen to anything else by them. So I, I, I truly never had, you know, I always was just, this song was a Tony Hawk song to me. Oh, and I did have the end of days soundtrack. I think I've talked about this on the show before and nobody's real by power man. 5,000 is on the end of days soundtrack. And in fact was a single that was released off of the end of days soundtrack, which is interesting. Um, but I didn't like it that much. Like I heard it on the end of, I think what it was, was I heard when worlds collide through Tony Hawk and I was like, this is a pretty good song. 
Then I heard Nobody's Real through the End of Days soundtrack, and I was like, oh, I don't like this. I don't need to check out any more of Power Man 5000. And so I never did up until this review. So pardon me. Yeah, they weren't a band that was like huge on my radar. Like I have to say, when I was doing research for this episode, I was a little surprised to find out that the album went platinum because it doesn't feel like a platinum album to me. Like I feel like when we listen to some albums, like obviously I know the history of a lot of the albums we've done. So I know like that corn and limp biscuit and stuff like that went platinum, but even some of the smaller stuff we've done, I'm kind of like, Oh yeah, I remember like the single really popping. So it makes sense that it went platinum. This one is almost confusing to me because I never remember Power Man 5000 being a band that people talked about as being this like really good special band. I don't remember the singles really popping, obviously, other than the Tony Hawk experience. Like I was very surprised to find out this album sold so well. Um, I'm not because uh, I think this is a, a Canadian American thing. OK, because uh, they played the fuck out of this on the radio here and probably still play nobody's real here in in columbus for i'm I'm positive they have to because they played it constantly um also uh i think another thing is i i can see it this is one of people's top bands this is in uh this is a, a a B plus band, I think, to a lot of people that that are listening to this show for sure. They're right. they're like the B plus level, uh right at you know what I mean? Like they yeah, come right totally. after like your Yeah. They're with Cole Chamber and a few of those other bands where it's like I would yeah, agree with that. Like no one says people... they're they're it, no one says Power Man five thousand is their favorite band, but they li- but they liked Power Man five thousand a lot. Right. If you, if you ask somebody their top six, Power Man 5000 would be number six. And I specifically pick top six because they're the sixth. They they could never be in a top five. They could never, ever make it in a top five of anybody's right, uh, right. opinions. Um, I would also say, um, I don't know. I, I, I think I found their... I don't know. I think I like their aesthetic, but I also think I hate their aesthetic. <laughs> um, I can't I, figure that out even. Well, so I w- uh, to comment on that, I would actually say their aesthetic is probably the reason I or part of the reason I also never followed up on them back in the day uh, because I hate their aesthetic and I hate it now. But I also know I would have hated it even more then. Because I just wasn't like a sci-fi guy. I wasn't a comic book guy. So like I would have seen the cover of Tonight the Stars Revolt with, you know, Spider's got his the goggles on his head and it's sort of designed like a comic book cover. Um, And I would not have been into that at all. And the name too, like obviously Power Man is an actual superhero from the 70s. Power Man 5000 has that kind of like sci-fi robot-y kind of feel to it. And so I think I just would have thought like, yeah, I don't, I don't care about this band. I don't really, I don't, I don't need them in my life. Like, yeah, the aesthetic back then for me would have been a massive turnoff. I think too, like, because you also have to remember, like I thought corn and limp biscuit were like the coolest guys on earth. 
So like, right. if, if, I, so if you think about those bands being super cool, Power Man 5000 don't look anything like them. I think that what I, I think I figured it out as you were talking there, right? Okay. I like how they look as people. I don't like the sci-fi shit, right? Right. Okay. So it, it is sort of like, I love how they look and present themselves like on stage and in videos and stuff. Uh, not the when worlds collide video, but when they're doing performance footage, right? I think yeah. they look very cool. Um, but the sci-fi stuff is so dorky. Uh, I, I, the only thing I can, I, I, the, the thing I would say is that like, I'm more of a Rob zombie guy than <laughs> sure. a spider one guy. I like sure. the Rob zombie aesthetic. I still like it and think it's cool as shit. This one is a little tougher for me. I think. Yeah. I mean, I totally. And I think, pardon me, it's funny. We'll get into the, uh, you know, we'll get into some articles where obviously Spider One being Rob Zombie's brother, uh, you know, gets asked about being Rob Zombie's brother a lot. And, uh, you know, it, it is just a, it's an interesting sort of thing where, yeah, you, you, you think it's like, like, cause Rob Zombie's got that kind of, especially at that time, that sort of like, dirt baggy you know that sort of dirt bag hellbilly kind of thing going on and i think that you know spider one seems almost like a sort of not backlash towards that but it feels like he's going for this very clean uh you know i'm wearing an adidas tracksuit i'm wearing goggles i'm like i got the blonde spiky hair i'm clean shaven like it almost seemed like in some ways he was maybe railing against Rob a little bit, just trying to trying to be like, yeah, I'm doing my own thing. You know, he's sort of the horror ish guy. And I'm more of like this intelligent science fiction guy, if that makes sense. Right. Well, I think really Rob Zombie went for cool undead hillbilly and uh, Spider One went for nerd. Yes. That was like his big choice was I'll be a fucking nerd that watches cartoons and uh, that'll be who I am, yeah. which is ex- not very cool in my no. opinion. But, you know, obviously I'm just I'm also not like a sci fi guy. I I'm just not think at all. They have a good look, uh, which when you look at them, I'm just kind of like, yeah, they look like a rock band. And really, that's what i'm judging on is like do they look like a rock band yes yeah and, uh, they do they do for sure i'll give you that definitely and i also like i think i i have always appreciated a band that has a clear aesthetic like i think yes. when when a band all kind of like meshes together and they have the same vibe i appreciate that even if it's not something i'm necessarily into i like that they do that so, yes, um, yeah. one one thing I forgot to mention earlier as well, uh, Brian, uh, a reappearance of a very funny thing we found out about when we did the Godsmack episode. Uh, Power Man 5000 are from Boston and they also won a Boston Music Award. Oh, OK. <laughs> I remember okay. thinking like we were never going to talk about the Boston Music Awards again, but Power Man 5000 won for a rising star at the 2000 Boston Music Awards, but they lost album of the year to drum roll, please. LFO's LFO. 
Oh, well, how are you going to beat the light funky one? <laughs> exactly. Very impossible. So before we That's- get to the music itself, I'm curious, Brian, because I know that, you know, you and I have just, you know, we've been texting back and forth a little bit today talking about this record and, you know, spoiler alert, I don't think either of us particularly cared for it. But given that you didn't have a big background with Power Man 5000, you've nominated them. I think this is the third time or the second time you've put hmm. them up on polls. Um is there a reason why you kept putting them up if it was a band that you weren't super familiar familiar with? Like, were you expecting to maybe like it more than you did? Maybe. I think it was also for this month theme, basically. Yeah, you were going with so brothers. I did famous brothers. So uh or famous relatives. So yeah. that's why. Um, the other times, probably just because it was the first thing that popped into my fucking head. Sure, sure. Like, Power Man 5000, Tonight the Stars Revolt. That's one that people really like. I mean, the right. truth is a lot of people really like this album yeah. that are um, that are, are fans of the uh, fans of the show. And like uh, also, it's like. I don't know. I don't want to pick a corn Deftone or Deftones or Limp Biscuit album every single month. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I feel like if we do that, it'll win every single time. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, uh, uh, it's about, you, know, you, you start looking through and you're just like, okay, uh, what's a band that I think, you know, people would really like to hear us talk about. And, uh, that is also, big enough that people will be interested in hearing us talk talk about it that maybe didn't vote for it and this is a band that's definitely there also uh sometimes i do do just pick shit that i've never heard so that i have a reason to listen to it and this this may have been that case too also i would say i like nobody's here i i think i like that song nobody's real and uh uh I think nobody's real, whatever. Well, I don't, I just don't want you to get in trouble. Uh, Nobody's real. Like I, yeah, I dig that song. And, uh, I think that, that maybe I thought the album would be more like that. And, uh, it was not, which is where the problem came in. I, I, I actually, so back in the day, I didn't like nobody's real, but I did like it. I, I agree in my, in my re-listen to this, I, I actually thought it was pretty good too. <clears throat> so yeah. So obviously, uh, you know, we've, we're getting into the music part of it. Why don't we talk about that now? What were your sort of general impressions, um, listening to tonight, the stars revolt, because yeah, it sounds like we both liked a few songs on it at least, but what were your sort of overall impressions? Um, I don't, it sucks. I hate saying stuff like this, but, uh, boring is the word that comes into my mind first. Is, Why do you uh, hate saying uh, that it's boring? Because, you know, people like it. You're just kind of like, yeah, I, I, it was boring. It's, it's a boring album that has about four songs that I really liked on it, but it is a soup. I called it, uh, two things. Uh, dry toast and chicken broth. Those are the two things that I could think of. So it's like you're listening to it when you're recovering from a stomach bug. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's chicken broth, man. It's like there's no noodles in there. Uh, 
probably no spices in there and you're just like hey i'm just gonna eat this it's fucking bland it's not gonna make me shit my pants or barf uh i'll enjoy it i think that's what this album was like to me it it was very even right like i don't know how to explain this but i feel like it, it it if it was like fuck I, I can't figure out how to explain this like articulately, but like it, it fits in like a, a narrow space. Like there's no ebbs and flows to it. It just seems like it's yes. constantly just going at the same rate through the whole thing. And nothing really grabs you until the last song, which is one of the songs that I liked on here. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a loungy sort of song. Watch the sky for me. Yeah. So I have a similar view Um, to me, like when I was younger, especially I can remember not really noticing or being able to tell the difference between power man 5,000 and static X. And I would say that I have a similar feeling to that even now, like Hmm. exactly the way you describe. I don't think there's like now that I've listened to the full albums of both or like the most popular album of both of theirs, Wisconsin death trip for static X. And then obviously this one, I don't think they're the same band, but pardon me. Sorry. Um, but I do think that they have some commonalities and the main commonality is exactly what you said, that the entire album just feels like it's all one song. Just everything is happening on the same plane. And I, I and I don't know if that's because the drums like in the rhythm section is very basic and it's very like dun 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 like it kind of feels like every song is sort of like when worlds collide which is like dun 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 like i don't know if it's that or if it's the vocals um because i think that like spider one and wayne static have that sort of similar very sort of staccato yelly type grovelly sort of yelly type delivery. But I just think for me with both of them, I I feel exactly the same as you that again, I listened to this when I was working out and it was like hard to really know without looking at my phone when songs were changing, you know, like I think when you're in the car and you're driving and you're listening to it or something, you can see like your console changes or you can see that different songs are happening. But when you're not, paying attention to it. Like I would go through, you know, a set or whatever. And then I would be like, Oh shit, am I on a new song? Is this a new song now? Like it was, it was genuine. And I'm not saying that to be facetious. It was genuinely difficult to tell sometimes what track I was on. Like it just, it it, it is very similar sounding. If I'll say this, if this was a bonus show, I'd be in a blind panic before we recorded because I wouldn't have anything to say about most of the songs. Yeah, because on bonus episodes, we go track by track. And this one would just be like, yeah, when you're getting to a song like, say, automatic, you'd be like, I don't know. Um, it, w- it was like the it was like the last song. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's hard to uh, uh, it was f- fine, I guess. Like, and I agree, like describing it as like chicken broth or dry toast, I think is accurate because it's not like it was bad. Like when I had it on, I wasn't like, God, I got to turn this off. This is horrible. It wasn't 
like listening to crazy town or puddle of mud or something like it wasn't offensive to listen to. It was just like there. It was just fine. And I think I'm not surprised that when worlds collide was the song that sort of blew up off of this, because to me, that is the one song that sounds like ultra dynamic. Like it feels like the best version of this sort of style that they're creating where it's got like a really catchy chorus it's a li- the guitar parts are a little bit more interesting. I don't know. It just, it feels like the best version of what they do. So I'm not surprised that that's sort of the song that broke them in a lot of ways. It's kind of funny, man, because like, I, I would say there's about five, four spots on this album that, that pulled me out of the malaise. Right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I, I, I can start them. It is, I don't think when worlds collide is like the greatest song or the, I don't, I don't know if I think it's the best song, uh, but it it's not bad, you know? Sure. And I, I think, uh, nobody's real is, is a really good new metal song. Like yeah, I think a it's really good. shockingly good new metal song. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that, but it's good. Yeah. I, I think it's just like, it's one of those songs that's like, I don't know. It, it's just, it's really well done. It's like a good pop song, I guess, compared to some of the other stuff on the album. And then, and I didn't write the goddamn fucking name of the song. I think it was Blast Off to Nowhere, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. That is my other favorite song on the album as well. It has a guitar solo, right? Is that the song with the guitar solo? Yeah, and Rob Zombie does guest vocals on it. So that makes sense then, because the guitar solo is the only thing that popped me out of, of kind of the grayness of this album. Right. It it is like, uh, I heard a guitar solo and I was like, shit, there's a guitar solo on this album. That's really cool. And then right back into just, (laughs) okay. And I, one of my favorite bands in the world is the cars. Uh, this is, I'm going to put this at the top of the list of the worst covers we've ever listened to. On oh, show. interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's not I a actually, good cover. So I actually think the Cars cover is fine. I like, I yeah, don't think, fine. I don't, yeah, but like with a new metal cover, I mean, we just did a full bonus episode of new metal covers. Like if a new metal cover is fine, that's pretty good. Like, cause to <laughs> me, they're not, they, they don't take any risks on it at all. It just sounds like it sounds like that, that car song filtered through the power man, 5,000 style. It doesn't sound they didn't, they didn't try to go overboard with it. They didn't go crazy with it, but it's fine. Like it's fine. Yeah. I I don't know. It's not offensive. Like I think if you're Gary Newman and you're listening to that, you're not like, God, they ruined my song. But cars is really good here in my car. I feel by Fear Factory. That's yeah, of course, in, right? That's all yeah. fucking rocks the house, dude. Yeah. But this let the good times roll is basically just another. They turned one of the great songs ever made into a fucking Power Man Five Thousand song. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And I think that's, that's true. where my problem came in. Where it's sorry, like, yeah, I did screw up. I know the Gary Newman one is the Fear Factory one. My bad. 
Thank oh, you for, okay. thank I you thought for you correcting were just me. making a point about Gary Newman. No, I'm, no, I, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. But I'm saying, like, I love Let the Good Times Roll. It's yeah, it's an really amazing great, song. Incredibly great good song. Great fucking song. And they just, again, they turn it into a Power Man 5000 song, which a lot of people are like, oh, you want them to turn it into kind of their own thing. But yeah, but you want to retain some of what made it good. And it, this cover of Let, Let the Good Times Roll did not retain what made it good it it actively made the song much worse yeah it definitely is not it, yeah you would never no one on earth prefers this version to the cars version but i also think like let the good times roll would is a very difficult song to cover it's like so unique it's got such a unique like progression and structure that it would not be an easy song to cover like but this that the thing about that is though, and this I'll I'll use a wrestling analogy here since I'm in love with wrestling again because wrestling <laughs> is back. Okay. People a lot of times when you're watching WWE wrestling will be like, I don't know. I mean, like you'll a match will finish and everybody will be like, Why the fuck did they do that? And then the counter to that will always be like, Well, how were they supposed to get out of that match? Right. Right. Yeah. And it's like not have the match. Like you didn't like it's <laughs> fake. You could just not have booked it and then you wouldn't have had to get out of it. And it's right. the same thing here where it's like that just I there's got to be a better song. And there is precedence that came after. I I'll say this. This song came later. But the Deftones version of Drive it's fucking great. Yeah, but and the like, Deftones are like one of the best bands at doing covers ever. But I'm not I, what I'm I'm trying to prove that like I'm not being precious about like about this the cars. song that I love. Sure, sure. And well, and yeah, the fear the fear factory cover rocks also. <clears throat> what? The cars the by Gary Newman. You are really confused. I'm fucking now, it up. Well, is no, isn't there a fear? There doesn't Fear Factory cover. Yeah, okay, but that's by Gary Newman. Sorry, I'm very confused. Cars, yes. the song by the, song, the yes, artist okay. Gary Newman. I'm having a stroke over here. I apologize. I think so, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. but but again, Deftones cover Drive. I don't know if any other new metal bands covered the Cars, but I just think that like especially when you're a band like Power Man 5000, who uses synths and fucking keyboards, could have done something in the spirit of the actual song that could have maybe been good. That's all. Like, that's, I yes. think there's a lot of squandered, uh, uh, it, it's just pointless. It's a pointless fucking cover. They could have put any one of the other fucking 27. I'm sure 27 songs that sound exactly like the other fucking six songs on here and just put one of those on there instead. I don't know. I don't think it's a good cover. And and like, I think it takes a song that I love and makes it boring, which seems impossible to me because I'll say this too. I fucking love when bands cover stuff that I like, especially heavy bands cover yeah, stuff sure. that i like that's not necessarily heavy like I, i'm a sucker for it i fucking like that careless whisper cover by seether like i love that song yeah or is that saliva i don't know one of the two we're, we're i mean both they're a stroke they're the same <laughs> band basically you know seething saliving 
Same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think um, I think it was just a lot of car talk. I was like, that's a car song. No, it's not. The song is called Cars. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think you're right. Like there is something to the sort of heavy band cover soft song gimmick where it's pretty hard to whiff on it. Right. Like if you, if you, if you just sort of do it competently, it's like, cool, this is a song that I like and now it's heavier. And I also like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, I agree that they didn't necessarily do it here. However, DJ lethal does do turntables on it. So I mean, there is that going for it. Still not good, though. <laughs> I like know, I said, I they could have used some synth stuff and maybe uh, uh, I'm not trying to tell them how to do their fucking job or whatever, but like could have maybe played some of the synth noises in this instead of trying to do it with guitars, which is the problem is the guitar tone and the way that they play this song sounds like all the rest of the songs on for the sure. Album. For sure. It doesn't stand out that way. I agree. Um, so you you liked the closing track. Watch the sky for me. The sort of uh, kind of loungy, softer Power Man 5K. Yeah, I think it's really good. I, I thought I, it was fine. I, I didn't love it. Uh, to me, it felt like <laughs> to me. Well, it just to me, it felt like it felt gimmicky in a way that like a cover song feels gimmicky where it was sort of like. Like even when you read like interviews, like, uh, you know, spider one gets asked about it or whatever. And he's just like, yeah, you know, like we really wanted to switch it up and, and, you know, we wanted to surprise people or whatever. And it's like that it just felt like they tried to do that, you know? Um, cause he was saying that, uh, this is the actual answer. So he gets asked, uh, from where does the supper club lounge act variation come from considering it's such a stylistic divergence from the rest of the album spider said, well, lately. And when we started making tonight, the stars revolt, I sort of was on a bit of a mission to challenge not only ourselves, but our fans. We knew that by putting that on there, it was essentially going to be the song that every traditional heavy music fan hated. Like, why the fuck did they put this on here? Or this is so stupid. But to me, when I think back to a lot of the records that shaped, you know, that I grew up listening to or even stuff that was way before my time, rock bands tended to be way more experimental. I feel like bands today have gotten into this mold of being so conservative with what they do. You know, they sort of develop their sound and then they repeat it for 12 songs on the course of a record. And there's no chance taking. I think that classic albums, blah, blah, blah. When I was a kid, I never sat around and thought, oh, that's stupid. I always just thought it was this bizarre trip a band was taking you on. And that's what a record should be. The sounds of the record should put you in a different place. But I was just like, first of all, you, you've just done a 12 tracks that all sound exactly the same. So what is yeah. your point? You know, you're not. And then that's what I mean is that it feels almost gimmicky where spiders like, man, we got to do something different on here. We got to give the fans, we got to challenge their minds. I know how we'll do it by doing something completely different. We'll never try again. Like he gives examples of like the Beatles white album and stuff like that. But it's like in, in cases like that, I think that he's talking about rock bands, like taking risks or whatever, they were taking them either on an entire album or they were doing it to see like, where can we progress our sound? I didn't hear this song and think, geez, I think power man 5000 is thinking they might turn into a lounge band. It just felt like they were like, nah, we're just, we're going to throw this gimmick at the end to show that we, we can be different. You know, I don't know. I just, it felt a bit cynical to me. I think, uh, I, I would, 
I would definitely agree with you that it was probably a cynical choice, but I will say that it's hard for me to complain about uh, all the songs sounding the same and then being like, but the one song that sounds different stinks. (laughs) (laughs) It's not bad. No, I don't even think it's bad. I, I wouldn't even say it's bad either. Yeah, it's just. It's not great, I guess, is my side of it. It's not like a great song, but it's after listening to this album twice, I found myself feeling relieved as I was listening to this song and then being like extra engaged in it in a way that I wasn't engaged throughout the whole middle chunk of the album. Sure. Sure. Was to hear it. And like, you know, he is right, though. It is neat when a band takes chances. I guess would be my uh, uh, thing. And and I don't know if this is taking a chance because, you know, you make it the last song. But it's just as easy just to start the CD over again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, this song sucks. I'm going to turn it off. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. the album ends after the cover. Yeah. Yes, well, and I yes. think like it's like I say, I, I think. I like when a band takes a risk, like like a stylistic risk, when it fits within their sort of milieu. Like, like I think of like Anti Gravity Love Song by Incubus. Like that is totally antithetical to the rest of science. It's got a totally like different vibe, but it sort of fits with what Incubus are doing. That you know they're kind of they're sort of establishing that they are a little bit druggy and a little bit proggy on some other songs. And it feels like a natural extension of incubus, even though it's kind of like a gimmicky song. Mm-hmm. Um, and this doesn't feel like that to me. This feels like we are just going to do something completely 100% different for the sake of doing something completely 100% different. And, and I think that's where it sort of loses me. It doesn't feel like an, a natural extension of their sound. It doesn't feel to me like they're thinking, hey, maybe on our next record, we're going to maybe slow the tempo down a little bit or whatever. It just felt to me like they were like, hey, here's a gimmicky thing we can we can do. Look, we can do a different thing other than the dot, 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 like, you know. But I would I would say that who knows what i i guess like what i'm what i think is that like if this album had worked if this was an album we were both going to give a really high score to because the sci-fi thing works mixed with the metal and the kind of industrial noises or whatever this is then this song actually works really fucking well to go along with like what they're trying to say that they're doing the problem is the rest of the album doesn't work so <laughs> it's like yeah it i just suppose comes that's off fair. seeming cynical and out of place but if this album had worked then this song would have been like really good you know i think like yeah it, i would have even i can liked see that a point. lot more yeah because if like you were um, one of the challenge ideas that we had this month was that we would do a script for for like those between song like kind of speaking parts right yeah they only do that three times on the album once at the beginning and then once like seven songs in and then once at the end at the beginning of the song it wasn't like a thing that they even like they didn't keep up with that like it, it the concept didn't even like stick for them 
you know, but I, I sort of feel like this song would have really been sticking the landing if they had been consistent and followed through with this whole concept, probably. Right. Right. Yeah. No, like I, I agree. I think, yeah. I mean, if you think an album is good, then you're probably going to be more forgiving of some of the weirder choices a band makes. Like I totally agree with you on that point. Um, and, and maybe that is what's coloring my perception of this song. I just don't, yeah, I don't know that the song's even that well executed. And I I don't know. I just think it's like, it fits the style of what you think these guys are trying to do, right? Like these guys are trying to do a, like a 1950s science fiction style thing. Like that's what they're, that is what they're shooting for. And this song fits really well in a 1950s science fiction-y type of world. They are just very unsuccessful in creating a 1950s science fiction-y kind of world. No, I I think that's true. I think that's true because, yeah, like if you read some of the interviews, and and we can get into those now, um, like he kind of talked about it being like maybe a bit of a concept album, and it was sort of like, like what is the concept? Like, is the concept just that you've read some comic books? Like, I don't know. Like to me, it just feels very like, yeah, we have this like cover of the album that's sort of designed to look like a pulp fiction, science fiction novel from like the fifties. And we have a guy from star Trek doing voiceovers, uh, on the album. And like, I, we mentioned aliens a few times. Like it just doesn't, to me, it's not a big, like, I don't know. It's not a, it's not a big influence in the way, or like, it's not a big concept in the way that they sort of think it is. And I find it really funny. The, one of the interviews that we read was from IGN, actually uh, IGN music back in uh, 2000 uh, interviewed spider one from power man 5,000. I think it's from March 2000 and uh, yeah, March 24th, 2000. And, uh, multiple like the the interviewer from ign asks spider like a bunch of questions about old science fiction like oh have you read this have you seen this movie and like he's always like no no yeah no no and it's like okay so you liked this very specific idea of science fiction that you had in your head but you're not like actually a massive science fiction head you just thought like oh this would be kind of a cool thing to do for a band Right. I, you know what else hurts this album that I just thought of, too? Yeah. Uh, new Metal is not a good place to do a concept album that doesn't have any feelings talk in it. Right? Right. Yes. Like, there's no emotion in this album. And that might hurt it with me because I've said this before. Like the thing that drew me to new metal was the emotional content of it. The the Limp Biscuit and Corn and Deftones all had like very emotional kind of uh, uh, content to them. And this album is just about aliens and shit. It's like, okay, whatever. I'll fucking watch a movie if I want to see that. Yeah. Um, it is funny too. Again, that that like he says this is almost a concept album. But it really just feels like an album where, look, maybe the Star Trek guy that read the uh, the intros and out the three intros or outros or whatever, 
Maybe he costs so much money that they couldn't get him to do other ones. But if you're going to do a concept album, you kind of want that. I think you kind of want that between every song. I know maybe that's overkill, but at least like every other song, if you're going to do that. Yeah, definitely. Like something that I agree completely. That feels a little bit more all tied together because it doesn't even it doesn't even feel like and and don't get me wrong. I don't think I don't think Spider at, comes out. If you're looking at two interviews. I don't think in either one of them he specifically says like this is a concept album. Like I don't think he he necessarily said like, you know, okay, this is 100% a concept album, but I definitely think like there's one part where um, this is an interview from hip online uh, from 19 October 18th, 1999. It's actually and, my website. <laughs> and uh, he just said like, I, uh, the, the interviewer says, I like the artwork too. Our site has a lot of stuff like that from the forties and fifties because it is so positive yet. It seems really odd when you have this fifties feel on the same page with say Marilyn Manson and spider says, you're right about that. And we do base a lot of our stuff on the forties and fifties vibe with the old sci-fi kind of thing. Uh, and so he kind of like, and multiple times he sort of brings up like, you know, Oh yeah, it's got like a sci-fi vibe. He doesn't necessarily say it's like a concept album, but it's like, what 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 does that even mean? What does it mean for a music record to have a sci-fi vibe? I don't know. It just I don't know. It feels very weird to me. You know, and we don't talk about this as much anymore. This is an all-timer for bad album covers. Too. It's very bad. If yeah. you are <laughs> it's so funny how bad this album cover looks with the way that he taught like spiders. <laughs> spiders like i got my hands and fucking everything you know what I mean? yes I, we're sitting here saying like well everything sucks so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's probably bad yeah yeah no you're right yeah i see he talks about that earlier he says how involved with you are because he's asking about the video uh i guess when he was interviewing him they were shooting the video for nobody's real and uh he says how involved are you with all of it and spider says probably too involved i think i do more than i have to but that is the way i operate i engross myself in every aspect of it i'm designing sets with people clothes and writing treatments to the directors i'm pretty heavily involved all the way around uh interviewer says i read that you like getting into the art for the album cover producing and just about everything and Spider says, yeah, I do all the artwork for the CD packaging, all the ads and posters, stuff like that. So if you see anything and it has something to do with the band, I'm sure at some point my hand was in it somewhere. And um, that's probably you, you like you probably shouldn't be that guy. You know, like, I mean, I'm I feel like I'm a bit of a control freak at times and in, in, in various aspects of my life. But never to that extent. We're like, they're on a fucking huge label. They're on DreamWorks. And Spider's like, listen, man, you got to run everything by me. I, I'm the man with the golden touch. Like, it's not like they were, they weren't a successful enough band for him to have, like, earned the right to be like, everything's got to go through me, man. His brother, though, is an influential guy. And for I sure. think that plays into a little bit of, like, even if it's not like a thing where like the label is like, we got to treat him good because he's Rob Zombie's brother. I think more likely is that they're like, you know, Rob Zombie's got a, like a really creative 
things set up for himself. He's like a pretty talented guy when it comes to like art and aesthetics and making the band look cool and getting the band over to people. And like, uh, they probably just gave spider a shitload of chances and autonomy on the strength of that. Oh yeah. I think, I think 100% they did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and (laughs) so, you know, you know how it is. That's how it always goes. Oh, you're related to someone who's very talented. You're, you must be talented too. You came from the same place. Yeah. You came from the same pussy. Okay. That's very rude. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, i think the next thing i i i think one of the things i like is uh him saying like well we used to rap but like we're not doing that no more um yeah. but he- here's here's where my theme for spider comes in this is one of the most boring motherfuckers we've ever read about on this show i and i i can't tell you the album is pretty boring and soupy uh and then you get into this is an answer to a question and look i know what are you gonna say really but uh did you pick up a lot from sylvia massey producer of tonight the stars revolt and uh he's like yeah so it's like oh okay he's gonna explain what he picked up from her he says but you can learn from everybody (laughs) everyone we oh cool you know everyone we've worked with i've taken some knowledge from sylvia from sylvia or no he says i've taken some knowledge from sylvia is all about enthusiasm and experimenting she just likes to try crazy shit just to see what happened she pushes you to not be afraid of failing and it's like man that's a boring fucking answer (laughs) to that question Oh, dude, he is fall asleep while you're reading that, because it's just like he's not giving an answer. He's not saying like, hey, you know, she came up with some of the cool tones and stuff on the album. He he just said, uh, well, she's pretty enthusiastic to be working on this album, which I'm sure she's being paid a lot of money to work on. For sure. Well, and I think like even his answer to like this is also kind of where the sci fi thing falls apart a little bit for me too where in the ign interview uh the person asks uh the interviewer i think his name is spence asks do you read a lot spider i wouldn't say that i think that i should read more but uh you know as far as the sci-fi world and all that kind of stuff i'm you know i was definitely Actually, in the world of pop culture, if that's what we're talking about. So we're in sentence two. He's already off of reading. He's like, and again, I think if you're going to be a sci-fi guy, you have to be you have to be a red guy. You got to be reading sci-fi. But he says pop culture, if that's what we're talking about, I'm much more of a visual guy, you know, more of a movie, TV, comics as a kid, as opposed to serious reading. But I try. I make an effort to read more. Uh, uh, I'm sort of fascinated by books about people who just like people's bizarre success stories or the making of kind of books just to see how people create. Cause that's what I'm all about is just sort of creating from scratch. This whole process of making music, the music is just one element to me. So I like reading books about success stories of people who like right now I'm reading like the gate, the David Geffen story, <laughs> stuff like that always just fascinates me how people get from one place to another. 
And then Spence asks, do you have a recommended reading list? Like say the top three books to read according to spider. And then spider just says, well, I mean, in terms of those books, you know, there's a really great one called filming the future, which is about the making of 2001, a space odyssey, which is pretty fascinating. And another one very similar, which is future noir, which is the making of blade runner. You know, I just love that kind of stuff. So his top three books, he gets asked what his top three books are, and then he just goes for the top three books in the genre of life stories of people who have created stuff, which is just the most bored. It's like it's like someone who uh, gets shoe dog by Phil Knight, the owner of Nike, and reads it and is like, man, what an inspiring tome, you know? I, I I wrote an album about sci-fi, but what I really like to read is books about David Geffen <laughs> and the making of sci-fi movies. <laughs> I, I, I guess like you don't have to to be a sci-fi fan. You can also just be a TV and uh, uh, movies person. There's probably a lot more of those than people who actually read. <laughs> but like, I don't know. You would think he would. He basically what he just said is uh, I I if I need a book, I pick one up at the airport and uh, I basically just watched a lot of TV is what I did. So airport book TV. That's what he's into. 100 percent. Yeah. So it's it's funny to me. Like, I just it doesn't matter. Like, of course, like, you know, you can be into whatever you want to be into. Like, we're kind of roasting this guy and like, whatever. Maybe he's a fine guy. It just like. To me, if your whole thing is like every interview, he gets asked about the science fiction thing and whatever, like maybe instead of reading the making of Blade Runner, like read an Isaac Asimov novel, read a like (laughs) or even just know going into these interviews, people are going to ask you about sci fi and have like street cred answers prepared for those. Even if you've never read Isaac Asimov. Pick three books. He's pick a Ray Bradbury. Just pick something where people go like, oh, man, this guy, this guy's a sci-fi. Don't be like, I barely read books. And when I read, I read the making of David Geffen. True. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to roast him just a touch more. OK, please. Do. Yeah, please. No, go ahead. Uh, roast his ass. Know, I well, Here's know. what I will say. <laughs> That if you go to Power Man 5000's Wikipedia, the past members section is the biggest past members section I have ever seen. There are uh, so currently in Power Man 5000 are none of the members who recorded on tonight the stars Re- tonight the stars revolt, and there are 21 past members of Power Man 5000. That's almost one member for every year they've existed uh, since this album came out. So. I mean, I think it's probably we can probably roast him like he's probably not doesn't seem like an easy guy to work with. Maybe. Yeah. So he goes, you know, you got your on stage persona and you got your off stage persona, which, first of all, it's technically true, but don't say it. You don't need to say that ever. And both are equally as real and valid. (laughs) (laughs) What a dumb thing to say. So anyway, but they're usually quite different. Oh, God, I'm tired reading this. You know what I mean? You'll find that with most people in bands, 
And it's really a unique way to exist that you tend to, whether you want to or not, become this sort of otherworldly, larger-than-life character, you know? Similar to the way a kid would view a superhero, where it's like, oh, my God. You know what that reminds me of? When, when you see a comedian, like, explaining where they come to their jokes. Yes. And they're like, you know, I... I, I search the dark recesses of my mind and I, 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 you know, I see some tragedy and uh, I try to flip it on its head and kind of make it funny. So the, like the world can deal with that. It's just like, that's what I do. I think that's the job of the comedian and it's a really important job. That's what that felt like to me. 100%. And like when I'm talking about that stuff on stage, like off stage, I'm way different. Like when I'm with my wife, I'm not John Cullen, the comedian, you know, I'm just John Cullen, man, you know? And like, I think some people don't get that about me. You know, they'll come up to me on the street and they'll be like, Hey, tell me a joke. It's like, man, I'm with my wife, man. I'm a guy, you know, I'm not, it's, it's like that. It's totally like that type of vibe. Yeah. He's, yeah. And then he calls himself a otherworldly superhero, which oh, is like the oh, whole superhero on, section. <laughs> the whole superhero section is fucking incredible. Uh, I mean, it's so long that I don't really want to read it all, but I'll see if I can pick out some things here. So this is again from the IGN interview. One of your more famous quotes to date is that quote, being in a band is as close as I could get to being a superhero. It's like being in the Avengers or the defenders. Do you have a particular member of either one of those groups that you identify with? So again, this is the weird thing. So in the previous interview, he gets asked about working with Sylvia Massey production of music. He gives like a one word answer. Then he gets asked this question. That's just begging for like a one sentence answer where he could be like, oh, yeah, I identify with like Iron Man. Uh, You know, I'm strong and I whatever like. But instead, it's like a two paragraph is like a 500 word answer to do you identify with one member of the Avengers or the Defenders spider? No, I wouldn't say so. And when I said it. First of all, the funny thing about all this comic book connection, just to mention this before I get into it, the funny thing is, is that I don't even buy comics anymore, and I probably haven't bought a comic in 10 years, you know, but what it is, is when I was a kid, I look back on that early Marvel stuff from when I was growing up, and it's sort of the moment in my life that opened me up creatively, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Back to your question about the comparison of being in a band. That was not the question. Uh, The question was, what member of the Avengers are you like? Uh, But he says, anyway, back to your question about the comparison of being in a band. It's more in a general sense, just that when you're a kid and you're into comics and the whole superhero vibe, there couldn't be a better existence. You know what I mean? And being in a band is kind of an equally bizarre way to live your life. And you tend to develop that weird alter ego persona that most superheroes have. Uh, And then, yeah. And then he says, uh, I don't know. uh, Sorry. And then it's really a unique way to exist. And you tend to, whether you want to or not, become this sort of otherworldly, larger than life character, you know, similar to the way a kid would view a superhero. I don't know. It was just a parallel that I drew up. And of course, once I said it out loud, everybody (laughs) grabbed onto it. And if you want to examine it even further, when you talk about the superhero teams and how they were always designed, where each member had their distinct power to sort of complement the other ones. And in a sense, that's how a band is set up too. everybody brings their skill to the table to create one powerful force. (laughs) It's just 
Too much, dude. Sucks. Too fucking much. Sucks. Just a guy that really thinks he's doing some super important shit, but he's writing songs about aliens and kaijus. And I also (laughs) love that he... IGN to finish the interview and this will finish our talking about the the articles again, just to go back to how this guy is sort of like not to, you know, I know people say whatever about this term, but he's a a basic bitch of sci-fi. Let's be serious here for a minute. The the IGN asked him his top five films to watch on tour. And he said, these are the five films that he brought the shining Mm. clockwork, Mm. orange full metal jacket, Invasion of the Body Snatchers and the Iron Giant. Look, people love the Iron Giant. I'm not even going to shit on it. it That's it's fine. It's fine. I, I've never seen it. I, I would say I haven't that, seen like, it either. Actually, you should make one of the five movies you name. I'm just going to say one of them. Something that's maybe off the beaten path. Yes. He's like, just, it's just <laughs> like, two. The, yeah, like maybe don't pick the five movies that every college dorm had one of the movie posters of on its wall. You know, <laughs> so like stupid. it's just so stupid. Like it's just, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, I don't know, Brian, I, maybe this is true of all music. I mean, you and I only cover new metal, so maybe we just don't know. But new metal just seems like full of dumb guys who think they're sounding smart and are sound sounding like way dumber than they think they're set. Like, I think he thinks this whole interview that he's coming across as a very interesting man and he's and it's the exact opposite effect, at least for me. He is a guy who I wouldn't fucking open my door to talk to (laughs) you know yeah if like if 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 my doorbell rang one day and i walked up and i pulled the curtain aside to to see who was out there and it was spider one i would just be like everybody don't move (laughs) we're not home (laughs) he's gonna leave in a few minutes and then we're all set he's big rock star he's probably got some other shit to do uh, he just seems like a real fucking a a, a real dullard. Yes. Like if, if you're at a party and you were just having a conversation with him, you'd be like, "Oh my god, I have a headache and I'm tired." And I, I, you know, I think, you know, I'd I'd be like yelling across the room to Katie, like, "Hey, um, you know, I need to get home. Uh, I need to be anywhere other than talking to this guy." <laughs> yeah. 100 percent uh well we did it we made it through uh the power man 5000 album uh we're here at the review uh this is the the tweet defense for those of you that if this is your first time listening to the show uh how brian and i put a score on it is if someone were to tweet at us and say hey the power man 5000 album sucked how many tweets would we do to uh you know to defend this album brian what is your tweet defense for tonight the stars revolt this one's pretty easy because as i said there were four moments on this album that was like oh oh that's something and uh so i'm gonna give it a four one for each moment of the album i'll really have to like drag the tweets out a little bit where it'll be like um what about the guitar solo (laughs) <laughs> on um that song that i 
can't remember the name of fucking again. Uh, uh, the guitar. What about the guitar solo on uh, Blast Off to Nowhere? Blast Off to Nowhere, and then I they'd be like, oh, you know, I I I'm not into guitar solos, and I'd be like, what about Watch the Sky for me? And they'd be like, I don't really dig that song, and I'm like, then what about <laughs> just naming all <laughs> but, four of the moments? And then and then. <laughs> and then it would be like, and then basically you just end it by me saying like. You got a point there. You know, I ain't going to try to force you to like it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I totally get it, man. Um, four. Four. Yeah. I'm going to go. I think I'm going two. I think I'm going to go two here uh, for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Uh, I will just. Uh, that's it. I, I don't even know what my tweets would look like, but I don't love this album. It's got a couple good songs. I could see myself defending it two times. Uh, to someone. So that is my tweet defense. So we didn't love it is uh, really the bottom line. I think four is one of the lowest scores you've ever given Brian. Uh, But if you want to check out some other stuff that we have given scores to, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the POD cast with a K like the band corn P O D K A S T uh, where every month we do three bonus episodes. We do one full length bonus episode where we review an album. Uh, It's usually a compilation, something special, something different. Uh, And then we also do two singles every month. So we, we review, we just do a short mini review of a, of a new metal song that's uh, suggested by a listener. Well, suggested by donation Uh, this month, we have another live a bonus episode coming up. We don't have a date yet, but we will let you know as soon as we know. We are going to be reviewing uh, a handful of Mudvayne music videos. You do need to be a patron to watch the live show. So uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the POD cast and sign up. Last month, we did a selection of new metal covers with Libby Watson. That was a really fun time. Uh, so there's a ton of bonus content you can check out over there you can follow us on twitter at twitter.com slash the pod underscore cast again cast with a k uh following us on twitter is always good because not only do you get updates from us but you also get a chance to vote in the polls and vote on who won the challenges and all that kind of stuff and and you can't do that without following us so make sure you head on over to twitter smash that follow button and give us a follow and hey if you like the show just tell someone about it we've had a you know like we said earlier on the show uh, a big reason this show has been successful is people who loved new metal and and who know other people in their life who also like new metal. Uh, they share it with them and they say, "Hey, this podcast rocks, and and you should check it out." And that's been a huge thing for us. It's it's helped us grow. And so, if you like the show and you know someone who likes new metal, please tell them. Uh, that would be great. Uh, so, Brian, we do have a challenge uh, for those of you again who are new to the show. Every month, we do a a challenge where it's uh, you know one of us challenges the other one to a contest based on something around this album. Brian, I finally got back in the win column. We did the corn my gift to you challenge last month where we were challenged to give a gift to our co-host. Brian had won six months in a row, the longest winning streak in show history. And I finally got back on the board where I I won this challenge. It was close. I won 56 to 44 percent. But now that that puts you in the lead still with 12 wins, uh, 11 losses and one tie. So we're very close still. And uh, the challenge this month for you was your idea. So I'll let you uh, explain, uh, explain it to the people. What are we doing for the challenge this month? It's very simple. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick a movie. And then we're just going to, our album is going to be based on a movie. 
and then we have to have a title for that album. That's it. Because that's kind of what they were going for with this, like a sci-fi kind of movie vibe. Yeah. Tonight the stars so, revolt. Yeah. And it and and I would say we should come up with our own movie, but like they didn't do that. So yeah. We gotta we gotta we, are, we gotta stay true. We gotta stay true. Yeah. So uh, uh I can go first here. Okay. And uh this I think I might lose this month because I don't know if my idea fully works, okay. but I'm really going with something just the movie I chose I feel is funny but I really only chose the movie so I could have this name which I think is actually a cool name okay so the movie I chose is Food Inc <laughs> nice and the the album would just be called Pink Slime and then we would just write like a whole album about Food Inc maybe even use some samples from the movie in it nice okay i like that the pink slime the like, the, like the chicken mcnuggets yeah yeah pink yeah, okay. slime you okay. said i don't know if you've ever seen that movie but it's a it's a bummer is what i I'm haven't saying. i haven't seen it too much it of a bummer not for want to eat i didn't eat fast food for like nine years whoa <laughs> after that wow. movie came out that's impressive that's a, that's that's good. That's a good attrition rate for them. Um, so mine, I was inspired by, uh, I was inspired by, obviously there's a lot of real life events happening in life that you get inspired by. And one that's particularly inspiring to me, especially because we just had your street fight radio co-host Brett on a bonus episode of blocked party yesterday. Um, as we we're recording this, it was yesterday. Um, but you guys right now are watching movies from the MCU and that is not the Marvel universe. That is the movies cinematic universe, which is the spoof movies like scary movie, epic movie, date movie, meet the Spartans, vampires suck, etc. And I know it's been a real slog for you, Brian. Miserable so, hell. So I was inspired to create a sort of, comedy movie slash album in the style of the MCU. So the movie I chose was Detroit rock city, famous coming of age movie about two teens that are going to a kiss concert. And my album is called Bakersfield cock city. Uh, because you know, obviously it would have a stupid title and corn is based in Bakersfield and it's about two guys who are writing comedy songs on the way to a corn concert in Bakersfield. Oh my God. I want to see that movie. <laughs> I want to hear the album and then eventually they'd make a movie. Out they'd of make it the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I need, yeah, that's the that idea. These two now. guys, they just, they're inspired by sort of corns, maybe, you know, some of their more comedy leanings over the years. So they're just, they're like, this is their road tripping. And they're like, we're going to make a, we're going to finally do it. We're going to make a comedy album and it's going to be called hire, Bakersfield hired- cock city. <laughs> Yeah, somebody hire me and John to make Bakersfield Cock City <laughs> or even just remake uh, Detroit Rock City, but instead be going to Bakersfield to see a corn homecoming oh, show. That would rock. 
I, yeah, Detroit Rock City is an awesome movie. I should rewatch it. I haven't seen it in forever, but it's really I good. Guess I, I should too, if you say it's awesome. I don't remember. It I remember it being all. great. I, I remember it being really good. So, <laughs> well, I, but that was a long time ago. So maybe it sucks. It then. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Don't ruin it for myself. Uh, so anyway, uh, every month we do put up the the challenge in a poll. You can vote on which of us you thought came up with the better album title. And uh, now we are here at the very last part of the show. Uh, Brian's favorite part of the show, arguably the poll. Uh, so again, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, what we do is we each nominate two albums for consideration for next month's episode. And then you, the listener gets a chance to vote on which album we do next month. And as I said before, all of those polls get posted on our Twitter. So make sure you're following our Twitter at the POD underscore cast with a K to make sure that you can vote in this poll. If you feel very uh, specific about one of these albums, uh, Brian, which two albums are you nominating this month? So the theme this month is oh, sort you're going of lazy. Th- you're going theme again. Okay. I'm going theme. Oh, it's like sort it. of lazy because it's self-titled albums. Oh, okay. But I, I didn't want to do like a big band again because I said if we pick Corn, Deftones, Limp Biscuit, they'll win every single month. And at first, my consideration was to put the fourth Deftones album, Deftones, on here. But instead, I thought I would get some new blood in okay. the poll. Okay. Uh, one of these bands has been a few times okay. um, chosen Coal Chamber for their okay. self-titled first album. And the other one is Head P.E. for their self-titled album. Okay. And uh, so it's two self-titled have, albums, I think two bands had, we haven't covered. Yeah, we've had Head P.E. on the poll before. Coal Chamber, I think we've had, but not their self-titled. I think we've only had Strictly Diesel on the poll. Is that right? Yeah, that's Spine Shank. Oh, Spine but, Shank. Loco is the Cold Chamber Loco, album. Loco, but uh, that's the self-titled album. I just fucked right. up and called it Loco. Oh, okay. Uh, I got But you. I just wanted to get... I, I want to give Cold Chamber another chance. I, I, I really saw them as like a top-level band, and I, I, sure. I really hope to talk about them. I never got into Cold Chamber, so I'm excited to... Like, like not even that I hated them. I just genuinely like didn't really listen to them, so I would be excited to uh, get into that. Uh, okay, well, I'm going the opposite way. I'm going two big. I'm going two big artists here. Ooh. So we'll see. So we'll see what happens. I just feel like I know that this is a guy that our listeners probably love. I wouldn't say he's necessarily new metal, but certainly new metal adjacent. And we did talk a lot about him on this week's episode or this month's episode, I should say. Uh, I'm gonna put up Rob Zombie, Hellbilly Deluxe, uh, because you know we're uh, you know. We just did Spider One. Show. Maybe we follow right. it up with uh, with Rob Zombie. So yeah, I wouldn't say I, I know that it's not strictly new metal, but it's enough in the vein of new metal that uh, we can certainly cover it. And then it's been almost two years, Brian, since we've covered your favorite band. So I think it's only fair we put them back on the poll. Lincoln Park, Meteora. So oh we'll that's, see. That's what's gonna win. <laughs> so we'll see what happens, but uh, we'll we'll throw those. I don't know. Cole Chambers performed pretty well in the previous polls that they've lost. So we'll see. You never know, but we'll get those up. So Cole Chamber, Head PE, Rob Zombie, and Lincoln Park will be on next month's poll. It usually comes out around the middle of the month. So keep your eyes peeled for that on our Twitter. Again, you can donate to the show at Patreon. 
Patreon.com. Donk.com. Patreon.com. We're, we're, I, dude, if I pass away overnight, <laughs> you'll, I was showing signs. <laughs> just please tell my wife that you knew it was coming. Uh, I go Dan to co-host. Dan, I'm going to need you to co-host on the uh, stream and also for the rest of the run of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yeah, Thank Dan you. can handle it. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, this is my my living will. <laughs> Dan, you have my permission to continue this show with Dan in, in my chair. Uh, but yeah, head on over to patreon.com slash the POD cast. You can donate to the show. We do three bonus episodes every month, and it's just a great way to, to contribute to all the stupid shit we do over here. Again, follow us on Twitter at the POD underscore cast with a K. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you back here next month. Goodbye.